Are you trying to conceive? When you're in the process of baby making, you don't want to take a prenatal that's designed for a woman who's pregnant. They get expensive and have ingredients you don't need quite yet. Theranatal Core is a prenatal focused on women who are trying to conceive. It contains the active form of folic acid, folate, as well as 2000 IUs of vitamin D. Also, it doesn't have any expensive ingredients that you don't need until you're pregnant. Theralogix's prenatal, Theranatal Core, is especially for women with PCOS who are in the process of baby making. Check the link in the description for our 15% off code. Alright babe, let's take a moment to correct our posture, take a deep breath, and have some pure spectrum CBD. Sure. Hey sisters, CBD can help with acne, inflammation, anxiety, sleep, and so many other PCOS symptoms. I personally take it throughout the day to help keep my stress hormones nice and low. Not to mention, I sleep like a baby every night and I don't wake up fatigued at all. Now open your mouth please so I can give you a serving. Ah. Uh... Now hold it for 60 seconds. Head over to PureSpectrumCBD.com and use the code THESISTERHOOD, one word, for 10% off. Can I stop now? Nope, you got 30 more seconds. Doctor said you got PCOS, now go on girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian to help my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you wanna put them wrong and take control of yourself. Join a sister and a Right, a three, a two, a one, let's go. Welcome sisters to another episode of the podcast and today you might be seeing us record for the last time in our living room. Yes, welcome ladies. That's right, I mean we're not stopping the podcast, don't worry, we'll be uh, continuing the podcast forever, but we are changing where we regularly regularly um, record the podcast we've been thinking for a while now we need to expand our space a little bit make recording a bit mm -hmm. easier you know so that we don't have to take out all the equipment for like half an hour to 45 minutes to set exactly. it up in the living room so we are thinking of exchanging our office and bedroom so we're gonna basically put everything that's in the office into our bedroom and everything that's in the bedroom into our office i'm so excited i know me it's too. gonna look so cool yeah i already know what i'm getting for the wall and the backdrop oh and like how it's gonna look and yeah talian <laughs> and her mom and her sister had been like looking into different like greenery to put around the neon sign this neon sign yeah, here neon sign that you always see in our videos they're thinking of how to like make it look nicer with like green vines around it i guess yes michael's oh my god <laughs> you know that star michael's with the yeah. crafts yeah and we're gonna get like a bar table with like some stools so we can like sit on a table so we're not sinking into this couch and yeah. blending in with it i mean look at my sweater it's literally like the color of the couch and so true it's so bad so <laughs> yeah like it, it's kind of hard to record on the couch because like it's like a couch and it, it sucks you in yeah so like your throat like your the way your head is like <laughs> it's like your throat closes up so when you're talking it just it doesn't feel like a show you know it feels like you're just sitting on the couch talking with some friends yeah kind of like mumbling to yourself sometimes <laughs> but like if you were to have like a nice table mm -hmm. to sit look at a camera i think physically would be more energized to right. like you know 
and we can make more content too like if the lights are already set up and it the studio is ready to go i can just hop in there record a youtube video whatever yeah and it's not like a huge task to like get everything together exactly so hopefully this is the last time we record on this couch ladies yeah yeah if you see us back here that means our plans failed (laughs) the bed didn't fit in the office (laughs) oh yeah we'll see though we'll see how that goes yeah It'll, it'll all be done over this weekend i'm very excited we'll see how it goes yes all right so today's topic though will be about caffeine you know specifically uh we'll talk about coffee because of course coffee has the highest amount of caffeine mm-hmm. um for most people and then we'll talk about how caffeine affects women with pcos and much more um yes. maybe i should give my own experience <laughs> Tell us about your coffee experience when we first met. Yeah, like honestly, I don't think, and Tanya would agree with me here, I think that caffeine would or can affect almost everybody in a negative way, Mm -hmm. especially if you're having too much. I'll give you guys an example. So for 10 years, um, since I was like the age of 20 until I was uh, 29, I was driving three hours total a day so i would drive an hour and a half one way an hour and a half the other way to basically go to work and at the same time i was uh, studying as a mechanical engineer so i was working at an engineering place driving at the same time going to school at the same time so as you can tell i needed a lot of stimulation with coffee yeah i was drinking i would say like average three to four on bad days, I would be drinking like five, six. And these weren't like regular coffees. Like I was making my own coffee. Pour like, over. Yeah, pour over, things. grinding the coffee at the same time, pouring <laughs> it over, and then doing things like uh, espresso shots. Like I would add an espresso shot into my coffee, into my regular Who coffee. does that? I think it's called like a red eye. Like that's like the nickname wow. for it because it has so much caffeine. What would happen to me? So I would get so jittery. I would get shaky. I would be working and I, and I would have like panic attacks. I would get super nervous about certain, um, if, if I'm like working and if it's a high stress situation, I would, my heart rate would be off the charts. Like it was really weird for me because it's like a, I'm in a situation that I'm used to, but the coffee is making me really panicky, you know? And then at nights I wouldn't be able to sleep because I had to wake up at 5.30 a.m. or 5 Oh my God, I'm getting like PTSD. My alarm was every day at 5.15 a.m. And I would snooze it until like 5.25. But anyways, I would be waking up really early. So at night, it was very important for me to fall asleep. But I couldn't. Like I would try to go to sleep by 11. And I would stay awake until 11.30, 12, 12.15. And it was the coffee. Like imagine having that much amount of caffeine. We'll talk about this later. But it takes... Um, about six hours for one cup of coffee to basically be out of your system, you know, out of your bloodstream. We'll, we'll go more into details, but basically, I was going through a cycle of um, needing coffee constantly, but two, uh, not getting the actual energy I wanted. Like, I would drink a cup of coffee, half an hour later, I would be crashing again. I would be tired. And it wasn't really that the coffee that I needed, the coffee was ruining my you know, my, my body, like my, my rhythm, it was mm-hmm. ruining my energy levels the way you I had would, no rhythm back then. <laughs> yeah. Like I would be, I was like a zombie that was just barely lasting on that last cup and it wasn't really sustainable. So, I mean, well, that's my experience. I hope, um, you guys can kind of <laughs> see the, some of the negative aspects of it right there, but yeah. maybe some of you can relate and we'll talk about it now. Um, I mean, the, start. M- the moral of the story is 
if you are struggling with a lot of stress, a lot of tasks, a lot of different things going on in your life, there is no solution like coffee, a cup of coffee to fix it all. You have to take a look at your life, take a look at what you can do to resolve it or how long is it going to last? Is it temporary? Is it long-term? Yeah. You know, because if it's temporary, it's temporary. But if it's long-term, I mean, this was like a 10-year thing. Yeah. You know, and coffee was certainly not the solution. I could feel like my stress levels over the years becoming a bit worse. Worse, I could feel my adrenal glands not being able to basically control my body's hormones as well. I could just feel... Like, and it wasn't just a coffee, to be honest. It was also a lack of sleep, which also, which made me want to have coffee. And we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. So it was like a whole, like, like, I'll be honest. It wasn't just coffee. It was like my lack of sleep, me constantly driving, having so many responsibilities and the coffee, yeah. what I thought the coffee would help me do all those things better. It was actually the opposite. Exactly. But, and some, so to talk about some research, there are some studies um, that I'm sure many of you have heard that coffee can be good for you. There are a lot of studies showing that it has beneficial antioxidant. There's also studies showing that it can help cognitive cognitively, you know, like help you give a brain boost kind of a thing. But many of these things are very individual and um, it depends person to person. So for some, while it may have those antioxidant effects, for others, it can increase stress, cortisol levels, and have a worse impact than the antioxidant um uh, mm-hmm. positive positivity so, yeah yeah so your ability to break down coffee is individual to you some people are more sensitive some people aren't as sensitive it just depends on your ability to withstand high stress hormones yeah and so that depends on the person and we know that women with pcos we struggle many of us with cortisol dysregulation yeah. stress hormone dysregulation so maybe regularly drinking caffeine isn't gonna work out for us mm-hmm. so how do you know if coffee is good for you Well, you have to ask yourself a few questions. How do you feel when you drink it? Are you focused and clear or anxious and jittery? Like you're having a panic attack. Like you're looking at the screen and for some reason you're having a panic attack about reading your paper maybe. Yeah, the smallest thing is turning into the biggest deal. You you can't handle anything. So if you're focused and clear, okay. How long does it take for you to go to sleep? 15 minutes? That's good. Okay. Do you stay asleep? Yes. Okay. Do you get up naturally or with an alarm? Um, if you're waking up naturally, that's great. Do you depend on it on coffee for energy every day? Yes or no? So these are all signs to figure out if it's working for you. So yeah. if all of these are good and okay for you, then I guess a cup of coffee won't do any harm. Yeah. But if you're not checking off these boxes going to sleep in 15 minutes, staying asleep, waking up naturally, not being ripped out of bed, Mm -hmm. you know, do you depend on it for energy? If these are all a no, then it's not for you. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a great, those are great um, bullet points to consider, like especially the sleep, because we've talked about it in the past and especially Dr. Phyllis Gersh talks about it in her book, PCOS SOS, where she says our body's circadian rhythm is so important to the balancing of our hormones and everything basically in our body, the way our pancreas works, the way our liver works, and the way for women, your ovaries work, and so much more. So your your circadian rhythm, if it's affected by coffee, Mm -hmm. it's going to have a big impact on everything else. Yeah. So that's why it's really important to consider, like, are you able to sleep at night? Is the coffee, coffee keeping you awake? Because studies show that... A cup of coffee will last in your bloodstream 
for six hours. When I say coffee, I mean the caffeine. The caffeine will last in your bloodstream for six hours from the last time you drank that cup. So if you drank the cup at three o'clock, it's still going to be in your system until nine. And who knows even by 10, 11, how much if it's completely out and the same thing um, or like if you're drinking in the morning, that's that might be better because if you drink it at 9 a.m., it, it should be completely out of your system by the time you go to sleep. So these are these are some things to consider, like if you're having late night cups of coffee or sorry, mm-hmm. late days, maybe at like 3 p.m., maybe yeah. cut that one out and keep the one that you're drinking at 9 a.m. See how everything changes. Right. So you might be thinking tea is a better option. As it turns out, I looked up, you know, how much caffeine is in tea versus coffee. Mm-hmm. And black tea has 46 milligrams, whereas in a cup of instant coffee has 20 to 30 milligrams. Wow. So instant coffee is less than black tea. Yeah. Of course, it also matters how much instant coffee you put because like it just, yeah. it's just a bottle. You can put as much as you <laughs> want. So yeah, like I'm, I'm sure. Saying it, a serving. Yeah, yeah, one serving and, and it might depend on the brand too, but yeah. But when you look at a shot of espresso, that's way more. So a shot of espresso is like 180 to 250 milligrams of caffeine. Mm. Or, you know, you see people like walking out of Starbucks with like a venti cup of coffee. That's 475 milligrams of caffeine. Oh my God. Starbucks is the worst when it comes to the caffeine (laughs) levels, not to mention the sugars. So like Starbucks, I think they like add caffeine into their coffees. Because they, they did like a test comparing different coffees and they showed that Starbucks had the most caffeine. So like they like boost, they put like caffeine steroids into their coffee. I oh think. my gosh. I don't know. Like uh, it seems like they have a lot of caffeine in their coffee, which is, um, I mean, that's their consumer base. They're obviously going to want to give as much as they can to their consumer base because I mean, this, it's interesting too. like caffeine is like a drug, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't know. Well. The more you give, the more they're going to come <laughs> back. I don't know. Um, and then the other thing is uh, Starbucks also has so much sugary coffee drinks. Oh, A gosh. Frappuccino. Oh, man. When I was a kid, a caramel Frappuccino was like ice cream, right? Yeah. It was just like the best thing to eat when you're a kid. Except you don't know that it's ice cream because it's with a straw. So you're like, oh, exactly. it's a drink. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm an adult. I'm just drinking coffee. Yeah. And you realize it has like like 30 40 grams of sugar mm-hmm. with the caramel with the added you know syrups all that stuff mm-hmm. it's not something i would recommend it's a pcos disaster yeah yeah so okay nice. I, I i love this episode so yeah. i can go on and on about every single thing you talk about babe by the way just to talk about espresso i, I think you are right about the caffeine levels mm-hmm. but i think like a, a shot of espresso has like se- 70 uh, milligrams of caffeine around there so if you do have a double shot oh, yes it will, it will be a lot more than a cup of coffee but yeah okay so right. what is caffeine really doing like physiologically mm-hmm. you know you're probably wondering like caffeine caffeine but like let's get down to it what is it actually doing it's a stimulate stimulant and it stimulates your body to produce more stress hormones by blocking the receptor site for adenosine, which is a neurotransmitter that's important for sleep. And I mean, here's the problem. Like you, if you just block this neurotransmitter, obviously something else is going to go wrong. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're blocking this neurotransmitter <clears throat> and now you've raised cortisol, adrenaline, epinephrine, norepinephrine levels, all these stress hormones, mm-hmm. and it can have a really damaging effect yeah. because adenosine is calming. It helps us sleep. It, re- it makes us a little drowsy. So that's why. 
So now you have this overproduction of stress hormones. And when you have a chronic overproduction of stress hormones, you can eventually develop adrenal fatigue. We've talked about this in other podcast episodes, but this is one of the PCOS types where stress goes unmanaged for a really long time. And it can come from physiological stress, psychological stress. It can come from foods that are inflammatory that are triggering stress. Mm -hmm. It can come from too much caffeine, you know, and an imbalance in lifestyle. And depending on caffeine for energy. Mm -hmm. So eventually you pump out so much of your stress hormones that your body isn't able to produce the right amount at the right times. And now we have dysregulation and you're constantly fatigued. You're Mm -hmm. waking up fatigued, you're going to sleep or you're not able to go to sleep because your cortisol is high when it should be low. It's a mess. Yeah, and the melatonin isn't produced enough. Exactly. Because there's that hormone dysregulation. Your cortisol is high and now you can't sleep. Now you really depend on coffee. So... I mean, you want to like look, take a good look at that before, before just drinking caffeine to, um, to just like substitute this problem to just like, okay, well, I'm so tired coffee. Well, think like, why are we tired? What's going on hormonally? Yeah. And just, just to go back to the circadian rhythm, the two, uh, two hormones that are super important for your circadian rhythm are melatonin and, um, uh, cortisol. So if these two things are dysregulated, and especially if caffeine is, oh man, I'm, tr- I'm going to try to say this word. If coffee is ex- exacerbated, ex- oh, dare you. exacerbating, <laughs> it sounds like I'm saying something else. <laughs> exacerbating. Um, the issue, then that dysre- dysregulation is only going to get worse. Exactly. So when cortisol is too high, you know, <clears throat> it's going to deprioritize the production of essential hormones for ovulation. Because your body thinks you're under stress. So like, why would you produce the hormones necessary to ovulate and bring a baby into this world? That's stressful, right? So that's why when people say, oh, just relax, you'll get pregnant. Like, okay, I don't like that response. But the point is like, you want to lower that cortisol because too much cortisol is going to deprioritize progesterone, all the hormones necessary to ovulate. And it'll also deprioritize your immune system. So you'll get colds more, you'll get sick more, and you'll be more prone to injuries. I mean, you're just, you're not nourishing your body if your cortisol is high all the time. And drinking that coffee every day is just going to keep it high. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a mess. Yeah. (laughs) And not just that, it's going to impact your blood sugar. And don't get me started on that and insulin (laughs) resistance, because that's like a whole other episode. Cortisol is going to make your blood sugar over your, your body overproduce blood glucose, and then you're going to make high insulin levels. And here we go with the insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. So it goes hand in hand, ladies. Yeah, all of this. <laughs> I, I love the, the immune system point, too, because, again, mm-hmm. if you're not getting the proper regulation of these hormones with your sleep and everything, your immune system is going to be weaker as a result. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting constant colds, it can literally be related to the, to the fact that maybe you're not getting enough sleep. To the to the to the caffeine that's adding to the issue, and so much more. So yeah, great points, babe. Yeah, and you know, many of women with PCOS are struggling with like acne and hair loss as well. And actually, making high stress hormones like adrenaline can make us overproduce DHEA, which I talk about a lot because this acts the same way as testosterone. Mm -hmm. It gets in those oil glands. It causes acne, cystic acne. You know, it gets in the hair follicles. It causes the hair to fall out or fuzzy hair to turn into dark hair, facial hair. Mm -hmm. This is DHEA. So, you know, whether you have high testosterone or high DHEA, 
it's going to look the same. The pathways are different. So it could be because of high stress, you have high DHEA. It could be because of insulin resistance, you have high testosterone. Mm -hmm. Either way, it's going to give you the same results of hirsutism. Love it. Not ideal. I, I don't love what you said. I love the way you explained it. Exactly. Just to make, just to make it I like to break it down so that yeah. you can really see like what's happening. Italians breaking down is one of the best in the industry, one might say. Stop. And I am the best at regurgitating what regurgitating. Regurgitating. What is up with my vocabulary today? <laughs> <laughs> it's the couch. We're blaming the couch I for know. everything. But yeah, I am a master regurgitator of what Italian says. Regurgitator. I, I don't care. I'm going to say it the way I say it. And you're the best. <laughs> Um, what was I saying? So sisters who, who slowly metabolize caffeine will have these problems, mm-hmm. including blood sugar problems. So, you know, if you have like a combination of insulin resistance and like stress problems, then caffeine is not a good idea. Yeah. And of course, everyone can individually break down caffeine in a different way. So we all have different genes that produce the enzyme to break down caf- caffeine. Some people have more of that gene and some don't. So caffeine would stay in their body longer and co- uh, contribute to chronically high stress hormones. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're one of those people who maybe is realizing that, hey, when I drink coffee, the effects, the side effects aren't going away for a long period of time. Yeah. Then it's possible you may be one of those people that doesn't have the proper enzymes to break down coffee as easily. Mm-hmm. So this is one thing, we're, uh, important point to consider. And uh, 50% of the population mm-hmm. has that problem. Oh, okay. That was the next point. Yeah. 50%. Yeah. So if, if there's two people in the room, maybe you're the one that ha- doesn't have right? that. It's, that's that's it's the fact. That yeah, 50%. Fa- yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, some people can handle a little bit, mm-hmm. but we suggest just skipping right past it because of already having insulin and cortisol problems. Sure. Yeah. Or like just gradually decreasing it yeah. and seeing how it's impacting you. Exactly. And if this it's can helping, take, yeah. it's not. And it's not just like one day and see how you feel. It's going to be like a series of like days and weeks yeah. and t- to see how it's... Because like this dysregulation that we're talking about, you can't do a complete 180 in one day if you quit caffeine. You have to give it time for the body to sink back, you know, with the proper sleep, with cutting out the caffeine and things like that. So remember when you cut out caffeine? Oh my god! When I when I cut so I cut out caffeine like uh, cold turkey one time, and I had like some sort of a a body systemic body shock or something. I was stuck in bed. I think I also got a fever at the time. So I don't know if this these two were connected, but I basically like my bones were shaking. Like I could feel my bones aching. Like your hips. Yeah, I my hips specifically. Like I couldn't get out of bed. And this is around the time when I was drinking like four or five cups of coffee a day to go along Shots with my schedule. Cold but brews and pour overs. I know. And I don't know, like I didn't drink it for one day and my body was in a complete state of shock. So and like to be honest, like now I drink maximum two cups of coffee a day. So like personally, I when I wake up in the morning, I have one cup of coffee after breakfast. And then usually like around 12 p.m. after lunch. If I feel the need, I'll make myself a weaker cup of coffee. So like my our coffee machine has a setting, you know, one through ten, let's just say. My first cup of coffee, I put it to like the seven strength. And then my second cup of coffee, I put it to like four or five. So the second cup of coffee is a bit less. And uh, so for me, it's two max a day. But of course, um, everyone's different. Personally, I, I, I feel I should be totally okay with one cup of coffee. But 
to be completely honest, I love the taste of coffee and, you know, maybe I am still a little bit addicted, you know? May, I mean, I don't drink it at all. Maybe yeah, you I don't, should say something. I don't yeah. drink any coffee. Yeah. Everything decaf. I used to not be such a stickler about it, but now I am because I know the effects that it can have yeah. on my body. Yeah. And, you know, I don't feel any reason to like have to drink coffee. Like, of course, it's a great little boost, but so is a walk or like yeah. taking a little break, you know, yeah. for me. Well, well, so I can just yeah. have the substitute for that. No, that's great. And if you're drinking a cup of coffee, if you're drinking coffee, um, let's say you're drinking three cups of coffee, you know, try cutting that down to two for a yeah. couple of days, maybe a week. See how you feel. Cut it down to one. See how you feel. Maybe cut the strength of that one cup of coffee in half and then gradually see if you can get off of it or just stick to that one cup of coffee. If you're feeling a lot better, if you're, if you're seeing everything is working good now, maybe that one cup of coffee is the perfect amount for you. It just takes time and, you know, experimenting to see um, how much is exactly right for you. Right. And that brings me to our last point. Birth control. Birth control. So we've talked about how insulin resistance can affect our ability to, you know, regulate our blood sugar while drinking coffee at the same time. We've talked about stress hormones and now birth control. Mm -hmm. So many sisters are put on birth control and it makes us less able to metabolize caffeine. Mm. One study looked at two groups. One was on birth control and one wasn't. And they saw almost a double in the time it took to metabolize caffeine in the group that was on birth control. So the, the group that took birth control took double yes. the time to actually me metabolize the caffeine? Yeah. Wow. 10 hours. Whereas the other normal group, six hours. There we go. So that's what I was talking about. It yeah. takes about six hours to get it out of exactly. your system. But if you're, if you're on, on birth, birth control, 10 hours. That's insane. So if you're on birth control and genetically you slowly metabolize caffeine, um, you know, coffee is not ideal. Like, let's say you have a 9 a.m. cup of coffee. It could still be affecting you mm -hmm. when you're trying to sleep at night 10, yeah. 12 hours later. Yeah. So think about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to make one note, too. Like, we hate to come on to the podcast and say, don't do this or don't do that. Because uh -huh. we feel sometimes maybe we're the... It's a blanket statement. Like, there's so no, many no, no, people No, no, not listening. even that. Like, maybe we're the, the party poopers, you know? Like, oh, oh. You know, but <laughs> the, the, we're, we're just the messengers. <laughs> we're just the messengers of the information that's available online, the research that's available online. So we hope that you don't take it the wrong way that we're coming onto the podcast to tell you what not to do. Yeah. All we want to do is give you the information, the research, and honestly, in many cases, the truth that's out there that maybe you have not heard um, so that's the whole point of this episode is not to scare you. If you're drinking a cup of coffee, we don't want you to spit it don't out. Don't spit it out. You're fine. You know, this is just to inform you and make you more um, aware of coffee and its impact so that mm -hmm. maybe you can make some changes in your lifestyle that could benefit you further or more. Yeah, there's so much. Oh, sorry. There's so much you can do instead to give you energy. For example, having a high protein breakfast, 35 to 40 grams of protein in the morning, low sugar, you know, get a smoothie going with yeah. not a lot of fruit in it, mostly protein powder and, 
you know, high protein, dairy free milk. Yeah. That's great for giving you energy in the morning, making sure that you're exercising. That's not pumping cortisol over the place, doing your slow weighted workouts. Yes. Going gluten and dairy free. So your stress hormones and inflammation, insulin resistance aren't dysregulated because that can also affect your mood and fatigue and energy level if your blood sugar is super low or super high you can get tired you know you you're you have to learn like how to eat for your body and what to do and not just rely on caffeine to solve the problem of fatigue yeah exactly. you know so we're not trying to be a party pooper just swap out the coffee with a cup of ovacetol have a high protein (laughs) breakfast and we're good to go yeah and really if you're um with caffeine just try as time mentioned like look at the underlying issues, see the root causes. Maybe yeah. it's your breakfast. You know, like Tyne said right now, high protein to carb ratio for breakfast can give you a lot more sustainable energy. So maybe if you're if you're making um, a certain breakfast, that could be what's impacting you to have lower energy levels throughout the day. So look into those kinds of things, your diet, your lifestyle, and then um, and just like gradually reduce your caffeine intake. You know, like let's not let's remember that caffeine is a drug. It's not not like a drug drug, but you know. It's not found in our bodies. It's, uh, it's um, what's the word? Not synthetic, but it's not found naturally in our bodies. It's something mm-hmm. that we introduce it into our bodies. Right. So our bodies don't need it. So what, what happens is we just get addicted to caffeine. So with, with that being said, try to gradually reduce your intake. You know, if you're having three cups, reduce to two for one week and then to one uh, the next week. See how you feel and then, um, you know, modify based on that. Yes. All right. Um, That concludes our coffee. Almost, almost, because we do, we did um, ask you sisters and on Instagram. If you don't follow us on Instagram, it's pcos.weightloss. We do daily stories and post there about PCOS, of course. Mm -hmm. But we asked you sisters on Instagram, uh, direct message, how does caffeine affect your PCOS? And these are some of the responses that we got. A, it gives me more energy. Okay, wait, hold on. Let me try to explain. This was a poll. Oh, I'm so sorry. This is a poll. Yes. Yeah, please explain the poll, babe. So basically, I put three answers and you guys voted which one. So how does caffeine affect your PCOS? The first answer was it gives me more energy and I feel better. 810 people voted yes. Nice. The next one, it gives me energy, but then I crash and at night I can't sleep. 802 people oh, wow. said that this almost, is what happens to them. Almost the same, same amount. It gives me anxiety. 1,097 wow. people said that. So majority, majority says... vote. Yeah. And the interesting thing actually is, if you if you look at it um, logically, there's three answers. Two of them being kind of negative, right? Because mm-hmm. it gives me energy, but then I crash and then yeah. I'm not... So, so then dominantly, the answers were kind of negative. Right? Yeah. Because 1,097 people said it gives them anxiety. 802 people said they crash and then can't sleep. While only 810 said it gives me more energy and I feel better. So that's like the minority there. That just goes to show that so many people that have PCOS that are following us that took this poll are having problems metabolizing caffeine. Yeah. Because it's it's giving them anxiety. It's staying in their body. They can't sleep as well. Mm-hmm. I mean... That could be anyone. You really have to figure out if this is you yeah. so that you can, you know, think about cutting caffeine and improving your lifestyle. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. 
We hope you enjoyed this topic about PCOS and caffeine. We're not done yet. We're going to play a voicemail uh, left by a fellow sister on our hotline. If you're not aware, we do have a hotline that you can call and leave your messages on. You can even um, just text us there if you have a question as well. But we love hearing your voice. The phone number is one eight three three ask ask pcos So one eight three three ask pcos And... Uh, our question, our next or our next caller is here. My name is Kim. Hi, my name is Kim, um, and I suffer from hair loss. Um, what I believe is due to having PCOS, but I've had the hair loss way before I was diagnosed. Um, so along with the hair loss, especially like in the spots where um, it's thin and even like bald, I have like a soreness and sometimes it gets inflamed and itchy. So I'm just wondering, is that normal, um, you know, a normal thing to happen with someone who has hair loss due to PCOS or is it more of like a unique experience that I'm having with mine? Um, thank you very much. Great, Great question. question. I'm sure many sisters struggle with this mm-hmm. um, because PCOS has an inflammatory component to it, right? You know, a lot of us have a lot of inflammation. And with that, we can see that inflammation come out in, in, on our skin, mm-hmm. not just our digestion, our mood, things like that, but we can visibly see it sometimes. So sometimes going gluten and dairy-free can really help with skin conditions. Mm-hmm. But that being said, you should definitely consult a doctor. It can be a multitude of different things. Um, you know, it could be... I don't know what it could be, but it could be anything. You should definitely consult a doctor about it if you're having like a skin condition. But mm-hmm. also keep in the back of your mind that gluten and dairy and inflammatory foods like this can affect the health of your skin and your hair and your scalp and dandruff and oil production too. You know, so when you think about oil production, we always talk about how inflammatory foods can cause inflammation in the oil glands, which overproduce oil and cause cystic acne. Mm. Not just that, it can cause, you know, overproduction of oil in our hair and irritation, things like this. Yeah. So consider going gluten and dairy-free and definitely con- consult a doctor. Yeah. And also, can't like testosterone build up on the on the root of the hair too, yeah. which could maybe contributing to her... Exactly. CHT and... Yeah, it can make your hair fall out. It can cause irritation where the hair is falling out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, if you want to hear uh, our episode about hair loss and reversing hair loss with PCOS, we just recorded one uh, a few weeks ago. So please go ahead and check out that episode for the full um, details on how to reverse PCOS, hair loss, and more. And yeah, we hope that answer was helpful. Yes. And to the last part of the episode, our favorite part, one might say, uh, the wins of the week. This is where we um, sh- share a fellow sister's success with PCOS and let you sisters know that there's there are absolutely uh, a, there's absolutely a way to reverse your symptoms and basically be uh, take control of your body. Yes. I'll start with the first one. This one's from Instagram, mm-hmm. Stephanie Ortega. She says, "Thank you so much. I have been trying seriously on my gluten." free and dairy-free diet since January 1st, 2021. 
I have been incorporating slow weighted workouts and light cardio, mostly on the elliptical. I am proud to say I lost five pounds since January 1st. And more importantly, I feel good. I'm not tired anymore when I wake up. Thank you so much. I love your podcast. Tell Sirak I said hello. Oh, hello, Stephanie. Hey, girl. Hey, hey, hey. Well, congrats to you. So happy yes. for you. I mean, you've only started January 1st and already seeing all these great results. And After you, like two weeks, because this was sent a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. This, this episode could be listened exactly. later on. So. Yeah, when we're recording it, it's only the 17th of January. So this is great. So exciting. She also shares a picture of her ovacetol. <laughs> Actually, it's the 21st. I can't believe I just skipped four days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great job, Stephanie. I love how she's already feeling better. Like she even said, most importantly, I feel good. And Everyone always said, they're like, I lost five pounds, but I feel so yeah, good. Yeah. You know, like it's not just like I lost five pounds and I'm starving, you know, and, and I'm miserable. Like, yeah. And that's like the dehibilate. Again, here you go. See, like with another word here. That's like the most dehibilating. Debilitating. Okay, whatever. Uh, part <laughs> of PCOS is that like. You don't feel good a lot of times, the, the systemic inflammation, the stress, and even when you're trying to lose yes. weight, you're feeling all this, it's like so overwhelming. So tornado. Yeah. So, so happy for you, Stephanie. Great job. All right. And then the next sister is Samantha Marie. She says, I lost four pounds and, and it hasn't even been a full week gluten and dairy free. I've been struggling to lose one for months. I feel amazing and wow. energized. Normally I wake up. <clears throat> sluggish achy bloated and tired i'm so excited for this journey Woo! i'm so excited to hear that yeah i love hearing when someone says i've been struggling to lose one pound but i just lost four in yeah. a week you know that just shows the the, the impact yeah. that inflammation and high insulin levels are yeah. causing and it's not just not just how many carbs you're eating it's not just you know all of that it's what you're eating and mm -hmm. how it's affecting your blood sugar and yeah. how much insulin you're is spiking when you eat dairy and how inflammation is being caused by gluten like look at the effect that it has when you cut it out seriously oh, all this right was amazing love the wins love the wins this is a great episode we hope that when you hear us next time that we'll be in our new office aka our old bedroom yes how about we just get rid of a bedroom babe and we just make a second office and then we'll just sleep in the living room. That's what, you know, isn't I was that what living about. is for? We'll just blow out the wall in between the office yeah. and the bedroom. Yeah. It's like, it's not like we're renting this place, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the homeowners will be okay with it, but yeah, hopefully uh, next turn time. Turn their two bedroom into a one. Yeah. Hopefully <laughs> the next time you see us though, we'll be in the new office recording our podcast episode there. But until then, thank you so much for listening and um, we'll be back next time. See you soon, sisters. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again.